Good evening, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for joining us online and in person. My name is Leticia Ree Buckley, and I am the CEO of La Plaza de Cultura y Artes. Welcome to La Cocina de Gloria Molina. La Plaza opened in 2011, and we are committed and dedicated to telling the stories and centering Mexican and Mexican-Americans in the history of Los Angeles, and what better way to do that than through cooking. La Cocina, recently renamed in honor of our founder, Gloria Molina, is a teaching kitchen dedicated to exploring the rich culinary traditions and treasures of Mexican and Mexican-American cooking. It includes a gallery of storytelling, showcasing photographs, arts and objects, and more related to ancestral ingredients and cooking practices. We are so pleased to be partnering with Zocalo tonight, and uh, we're excited to partner with Zocalo Public Square and the California Humanities to present tonight's program. I will now turn it over to Bianca Collins, Director of Public Programs at Zocalo Public Square. Thank you, Leticia. Good evening, everyone. I'm Bianca Collins. I'm Director of Public Programs at Zocalo Public Square, an Arizona State University media enterprise. At Zocalo, our mission is to connect people to ideas and to each other. Everything we do is free and everyone is welcome. We publish original writing and present conversations like this one. You can find us at ZocaloPublicSquare.org, on podcast platforms, and YouTube, so please subscribe for our latest programs. We were founded in 2003, and we are now celebrating our 20th year. We are so honored to partner with La Cocina and California Humanities for tonight's program, which asks, do we need more food fights? I'm pleased to introduce our guests. Photographer Zahara Gomez Lucini is from an Argentine family, was born in Madrid, raised in Paris, and settled in Mexico. Her work focuses on memory and justice processes regarding victims of forced disappearance, forensic work, and clandestine graves in Latin America. Her practice has been centered around the development of collective and co-authored projects that seek to bring about significant social change. She collaborated with Las Rastreadoras del Fuerte in Los Mochis, Sinaloa, Mexico, a group of women who have been looking for missing loved ones since 2014 to produce Recetario para la Memoria, or the Memory Recipe Book, a book of recipes shared by Las Rastreadoras del Fuerte, with each recipe corresponding to the favorite dish of a missing person, selections of which are currently on view here at La Plaza Cocina de Gloria Molina and inspired this program. Maite Gomez-Rejon is the founder of Art Bites. She explores the nexus of art and culinary history through lectures and cooking classes in museums across the country, including the Metropolitan Museum of Art and the J. Paul Getty Museum. She's been a guest on the Today Show, featured in Food and Wine and Hyperallergic, and has been interviewed on KCRW's Good Food and the BBC's The Food Program. Her writings have appeared in Life and Time and the Oxford Research Encyclopedia of Latin American History, among other publications. She also co-hosts the podcast Hungry for History on iHeartRadio. Maite and Zahara, thank you for joining us tonight. Over to you. Thank you. Um, I'm so excited to be here tonight with Zahara and everybody having this conversation. Um, so what we will do today is um, talk about this incredible project and make pozole uh, sort of at the same time. And so, so before we get started, I wanted to ask you, Zahara, well, well first of all, I, when I first saw this exhibition, I was so moved um, by this project. It was so powerful and the, the, the images, it's not like looking at a Bon Appetit magazine. They're so full of, of emotion. Um, and I, it's this whole idea that food um, cooking is not about satiating hunger or nourishment. It's something that unites us. And in the case of 
Resetare para la Memoria reunites us. So before I let everybody know why I chose Pozole, I wanted to ask you, what is Resetario para la Memoria? Okay, hi, um, thank you to be there. Um, Recetario para la Memoria started in 2019 with Las Rastreadoras del Fuerte in Los Mochis, Sinaloa. I used to work as a documentary photographer about enforced disappearance. Now Mexico have more than 116,000 disappeared. Uh, there are more than 100 collectives, mostly formed by women who are looking for their loved one. Um, and I start to work with them. And I very fast, I understand the documentary way, it's not the way uh, to invite people to be part of that. And I met them in 2015 or 2016, and we start to talk how we can change the image of the victim and how we can not stigmatize each disappeared and each family who looking for them. And we find maybe the cook and the cook place and the hurt of the house. Um, it can be a way to be um, aware of the disappearance and to understand we can be part of that. So I, w I know that I was going to say why Pozole, but when did you realize that cooking could be an act of resistance? Yeah, we talked before with Blanca. Um, when we start the project, uh, I didn't know none of the women who are part of the book had cooked again this recipe. So when she cooked again this recipe for the first time, I think that's the most important of the project, more than the book uh, himself. Um, but to... Um, uh, to share. To share and to share with someone uh, who is not his family or his memory directly. And the way today we will cook the Camilo's Pozole, and that's the way to know who is Camilo. And he's not just a disappeared, he's, he was a person who loved the Pozole. And maybe in this cross, you can feel um, more touch about that. I think it's and I think that's amazing. You mentioned the pozole for Camilo and um, Blanca Soto, Camila's husband, is here today. She will come up and talk about about him in a, in in a minute. But um, I wanted to make pozole out of so many recipes, and all of the recipes are incredible. And um, because of its of the history of pozole, um, pozole has. It's, it's, it has pre-Hispanic origins. Um, there's so much in this book that's connected to the land, literally and figuratively in so many different ways. And pozole has um, corn, has uh, hominy, the, the, the nixtamalized corn, um, which is really the, the soul of Mexico. It's, it's, it's really, it's everything. Um, I'm gonna, I have some boiling water. I'm gonna stick this in here. Um, and, and in Mayan cosmology, mythology, humans were molded from masa, and when somebody died, they would put a little ball of masa in their life. Um, so they always had nourishment in the afterlife. And just you know, pre-conquest Mexico, the Aztecs would make pozole. The, the word um, comes from Nahual pozoli, which means foam, um, and they would make this in festivals for Xipetotec, who was the god of war and also the god of regeneration. So it's this dish that has life and death. Um, so it felt uh, appropriate. It's also a classic dish, and it is one of the most delicious, you know, dishes ever. Um, so this is why we chose, you know, you, we chose pozole. Um, so when you approach this as, um, so I'm, I'm just, I just have the pozole here. I'm just going to let it 
let it simmer for a little while. Um, and most of the ingredients in here are, are pre-Hispanic uh, or native ingredients. The corn, the pozole, um, and also we have three different types of chiles. Um, and, we'll, and those are the main things that are, that are pre-Hispanic. Um, so there's something, Sahara, that, I, that really struck me um, about, about this, about the books, but I wanted to share, let me see, I'm gonna put this down so that I could, in this one, the, this particular recetario, at the beginning, there's, um, thank you, there's an, an image of a, of a field and it says, este campo nos alimentaba, ahora aquí nos buscan, which translates into, they search for us in the lands that once fed us. So this very much, you know, resonated with me, this whole idea of the land, literally with this. Um, um, so can you talk a little bit about that? I know there's, there's something in the book that talks about, there was once flor de calabaza growing, and now there's a maquiladora, and this whole idea of sometimes the the, the force disappeared, were already displaced. Can you talk a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the, the first book is this one, and when we launched, the, you learned, you say that? Okay, you learn, we, when we launched the book, um, another collective uh, contacted us because they want to make their own book and their own cookbook and it is in other region so we i start the project with las rastreadoras del fuerte as a small exercise i don't know like um, I'll, to find a way to make a book and it was very hard and when the other collective from guanajuato so it's in the south um in the south it's more than in the south than Sinaloa, uh, in the center of Mexico. Uh, we start to work most collectively, and um, now it's more than 10 collectives, more than 62 women in the second book, and we work, um, I don't work alone, I work with Daniela Rea, who worked in the first one with the text, and with Clarissa Moura, who worked in the design in the first one. And in the second one, we worked together from the beginning so to structure the, the ideas. And one of these ideas is the disappeared and the enforced disappeared don't come by magic. So before to be disappeared, there are a lot of other violence. And one of these violence is to have um, fabrics, manufacturers, so you don't have uh, the contact with the soul and with the territory uh, you had before. And 20 years, um, um, después? Ah, uh, thank you. 20 years after the, the, the start of the fabrics in the region, you find the disappearance and you find other kind of violence. So uh, we think it goes together. So that, that some of the people they were, I know that in one of the books they talk about the different programs of Raceros program and people leaving and this, the irony that most of the corn now in Mexico is brought from the US and this disconnection to the land I think is, is so such an interesting part of this whole project. So tell us who are the rastreadoras del fuerte. And the rastreadora, the word means trackers, and the fuerte is the region, right? Yeah, so like, who, who are these women and how did you, two questions, how did you start this theme, working with this theme of forced disappearance, and how did you find, who are they? How did you find them or how did they find you? And I'm gonna just say, I wanna say, I just put some, some bouillon in the, in the nixtamal, and I'm gonna put some oregano and a little bit of pepper and onion and garlic while she, while Sahara answers. Okay. Um, I met Las Rastreadoras del Fuerte. Okay, Las Rastreadoras del Fuerte found in 2014 after the disappearance of Roberto, the son of um, Mirna 
uh, who is the founder of the group. And she starts alone, and day by day, they, she met other women who were looking for their loved one, and they found this collective. And El Fuerte is because the, is the place where they find, well, it's the place where Roberto was disappeared, and it's the place where they find the bones of Roberto. The, um, the, yeah. And that's the, the Rastreadoras del Fuerte. So now I don't know how many are there uh, exactly, because that move all the time. And uh, sadly, in Mexico, they don't stop to looking for them, and they don't stop to missing or disappeared. So that move all the time. And um, I met them because I want to know how was to looking for someone alone because the Mexican states don't uh, make this job. Um, so all of them become a very strong leader and specialize about how you look in the, in the desert, for example, and how you can uh, find a little piece of bone of someone and to give that to this family uh, again. So, that's clear. I think, yeah. I think so, yeah. So there's, um, I know that their log line is that they don't look for bones, they look for treasures, which, which is so, it's their, 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 their soul, their, 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 their family. And one thing that I love about this is this idea that these women took it upon themselves to use the, the, these memories as, as activism and this history of women using the kitchen to, you know, to do that, this sort of community cookbooks and women you know, working together um, to do something like this in a role that you know, sometimes women are relegated to the kitchen um, and the government is not helping at all. Ha has there been more um, through this project? Has there been more help, or is it just it's the women that are doing their thing and the and the and the people that are small group of people that are helping them? Okay. Um, generally, when someone was disappeared, um, a lot of family uh, are broke, and it's mostly the women who go out to looking for them. Um, so I, I think the memory it's a women territory generally, and uh, there can be a lot of reason, like if the husband stopped to work, um, there are an economical issue. And, and at the same time, a lot of women stop to work and begin to look everywhere. So when someone is disappeared, all the structure uh, part away. You, how did you find them, or how did they find you? How did you become involved with them? Uh, I, I wrote by Facebook, like, hi, I want to meet you. What do you think? And I went to Sinaloa, and uh, we met by Facebook. <laughs> by Facebook. And what is your, your relationship with the women? Are, now they're, are they family now, friends, family? Um, I think it's like anyone, there are some people you love a lot and you have a very good connection and it's very natural and of course now we have I think seven years to know each other so there are some confidence and um, yeah. Because I imagine with something that this is so personal, like coming, going to somebody's home cooking the meal that, some, that they haven't cooked since they disappeared, like there has to be such incredible trust, you know, for, for, for that. How, as a documentary photographer, how, how did you approach that? How, how was that process? Yeah, I, I think really the, the project um, born after two, five years to have a 
relationship with them. So it was easy in that sense because when I asked them, okay, what do you think? Do you want to make a cookbook? Uh, it was very natural in this way. Like, I think they, they can say me not, thank you. Um, and not all the women of the collective participate in the book. Uh, some women wanted, and at the end she not um, participate, and others don't want, and at the end she participated. So, yeah. I'm going to go back to this. So I, what I just did is, I, ah, thank you. I put the, um, some of the broth in the chiles just to rehydrate them before I blend them. And I'm going to put some meat in there. Um, so, sorry. We have some, some pork and some, and some beef. And this is, um, this is exactly, we tried to do it exactly like the, the recipe, like Blanca's recipe for, for Camilo. I hope, I hope we're doing it okay. Um, so this is the recipe, not this one, but this is what you, everybody will be enjoying um, at the end of the, of the program, at the end of the, of the cooking program. So how did you get involved with this theme, not necessarily with rastreadoras, but with this theme of disappearance? Oh, okay. Um, my father was an Argentinian um, journalist who go away from Argentina and uh, because of disappearance and forced disappearance in Argentina in the 70s. So I think at home they talk about a lot about the disappearance and some friend who was disappearance and, um, and as a child for me it was very strange because it was very familiar topic and at the same time like um, ghost something mythologic like oh yeah the disappears is very mythologic idea and when I start to live in Mexico I I don't know that crush in my mind like okay all the stories my father told me or my aunt or my uncle are real and it's now and it's present so yeah i i start to work on the field at that moment makes sense that this would resonate with you this this project so is your was your approach with this in the home photographing these dishes that are so meaningful, was your approach different than being out in the field? Your, your approach to, to, the, to, the, to the material, was it different than being outside photographing, you know, people or how, was, was, it a, was, it a, was it a different approach photographing food? Because you really get to the, I mean, all of the photographs, I mean, look at this, they, they create such nostalgia and such empathy, which is different than looking at a food magazine, very different. So how, how did you approach that from that angle? I think it's uh, uh, to be intimate with each one and to find just Camilo in the pozole or Juan in the flan or Roberto in uh, the pizzerias and just uh, to find them in the in the food. Yeah, it's inc it's uh, such an incredible project. I was um, I've been reading about you know different things and reading the cookbooks. And yesterday all day I was crying. My husband was like, "What is wrong with you?" It's like it's just it's very very emotional. Just the 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 power that a dish has. The power of of smell, of just even I do this and the, the oregano and it's like just thinking about just, you know, the, this whole idea of, of the kitchen as a battleground and like the, the power that a dish has, that it connects to, to culture, it connects to our roots, but also it connects to so much more and, and memory and, and keeping these, you know, the, just the, the memory of these people alive. Some have been found and some that have, that have not been found. So. 
Um, so I, I just want to get back to this for a second. So everything is, um, is simmering. Um, and I don't know if you can see from where you are, but everything is simmering. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take the, um, the chiles that are already rehydrated, and I'm going to blend them, and I'm going to pour them, them back into the, just pour them back into the pot. Um, and I'm going to, I want to blend some of the onion as well, but I don't think the onions are quite soft yet. Um, but maybe they're, maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit soft. Sahara, what, what, um, what is next for the, the, the project? Do, do you see, foresee another cookbook or, um, or it sounds like the, you know, unfortunately it's getting bigger because this is not ending. Um, do you see another cookbook? Do you, what do you, where do you see this, this project uh, I really don't know. Now we are three to take decisions, so that's a different um, way to work. And at the same time, when, when I finish the first one, I just take the decision. Um, if for a collective there is a reason to be, uh, so that's the way. But I'm not... I'm not feel very cool with the idea to go to the collectives and say, hey, do you want to make a cookbook? Um, it's more than in the other way. So it's more to be open to find other ways. Maybe the cookbook is not in the way anymore. Uh, but to make conscious about the disappearance, it is. And I think we need just imagination to find other forms. Not necessarily. I mean, just just different forms, right? Wherever wherever it goes. Yeah. Uh, now we start to make cook um, together. So we met with other people and we cooked together some recipes of the book. So that, that I think it's a very new way to work with a cookbook. This. Sorry, I'm going to just blend all of these chiles. Um, and we had three different kinds of chiles. Chile ancho, chile guajillo, and chile de arbol um, that are not super spicy, just a little bit uh, mild, a little bit smoky, um, and all dried chiles um, that were stemmed and were cleaned. And I'm just going to blend them really well um, until they're really nice and smooth. And, um, and chiles also they were pre-Hispanic Mexico, not just used for cooking, but also used for, for warfare, um, to, for chemical warfare. So somehow that seemed appropriate for this as well. Classic Mexican dish. Um, it's a great for hangovers. It's great for it's just delicious. But um, but it also it has such it has such meaning because it has such a such a rich 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 history. So I'm just gonna pour it in here. And ideally, I probably would have blended the the onion and the and the um, garlic, but. Um, they're not quite soft yet. So I have that. I have all of the ingredients in here. It smells so good. I don't know if you could smell it when you are. And then I'm just going to put some, some fresh uh, cilantro. And so just pour, le pongo todo, le pongo la mitad. And, and that's it. This is the, it's very simple. Um, so this is basically, this is the, this is the dish, um, and this is what everybody's going to be um, enjoying um, today, enjoying a little bit later. But um, it smells amazing. Um, and is there anything else that you want to, to share about, about, the, about the project? Yeah, just to say, um, the, the, the first and the second book are, 
the earn, what we earn with the cell, are yeah are yeah are split with the collectives. The collectives are very alone in the material way, so they need help and found. So you are invited to buy the book, and um, it's a nice way to be part. Yes, so all of the proceeds from the, the proceeds from the book go to help the Resriadoras, um, and they need, they need a lot of help to continue you know, doing what they're doing. What they're doing. Um, and to continue projects like this, which are so, so meaningful. Um, so we have, um, I'm gonna heat up, we have some, some here that's already cooked. So eventually the meat will, will just basically, will just start falling apart, falling off of the, of its, of the, it, it, it'll just uh, shred. And I think, um, Blanca, the, the recipe, um, the original recipe has pork rib, but they ended up uh, using pork butt and, and, um, and, also, and also beef. So, but it's very, very uh, flavorful. Um, so this is a dish that everybody will enjoy, the pozole for Camilo, and then there's also mole for Juan, um, for Juan Francisco, sorry, flan for Juan Francisco, and mole for, for Cristian. Um, but I wanted to introduce, um, is it a good time? Yeah. You were? Oh, okay. Oh, perfect. You answered so, the, so, so, so quickly. Um, so I think I have all of my answer, all of my questions were, were also, you know, answered. So I think maybe you, you answered this, I'm not sure, but when did you realize that this moment, this cooking, um, a cookbook, sharing this meal, could be so powerful, like such a powerful act of, of resistance? Um, I think when, when I understand they didn't cook the recipe since the disappearance of their loved one, and um, I, I think that's um, a way to, yeah, to make it alive in some way and to share the memory and to talk about them as a living person and not dead. So how, how did you get them to choose the recipe? How, how did this conversation begin? Like how, how did you approach this with through food? Really very simple. Um, in each collective, each woman are very different. Uh, they are not the same and they share these very sad um, process. And, but I think all of us have um, preferred dish, and maybe it's not the very gastronomic one, but it's just because your mom cooked for you, I don't know, just maybe bread with butter. Uh, and in this bread and butter, you have all this love and all his memory and all this personal history. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, the food can be a very strong place to talk about very thing, things about... Que no queremos hablar. Mm. That it's a great place to... Food can be a great place to talk about things that we don't want to talk about. You know, so, and choosing these favorite, you know, favorite dishes. And it's not foie gras, it's not, you know, it's like everything is very, very simple and very, um, very, very home, very homey. Um, I know that just this, this, this history of, you know, making a, a cookbook to raise funds for a cause also is something that has such a, you know, history even. In, in the U.S. during the Civil War, women would write, make cookbooks to raise money for their children that, who are at war, or, or to bring them home, or you know something. Um, so this this connection of women, and, and even you know before women could vote, you know they, this is what where they would they would use their where they were the, the space where they were relegated to um, to do something 
that they couldn't do otherwise. Um, and this, of course, it's, it's current, um, and it serves, but it serves a similar purpose. So just the fact, this idea of, of women coming together uh, for a particular cause, and the fact that this is happening in Mexico right now. So it's, since 1964, it's what, over 100,000 you know, people that have been, you know, disappeared or forced disappeared um, and that the government isn't doing anything about it. So just the fact that this is, you know, women are coming together and just be, because we, we, we enter food through our smells and through our eyes and, and we listen to the, to, the, to the simmering water. So it's something, you know, entering this through our senses before we get to the, to the reality of it. And, and I think that there's just, you know, there's something very, magical and, and, and poetic about it. I mentioned ghosts. So this whole idea of like, oh, the, the, the people are still alive by creating, you know, these dishes. And I think that we can all, you know, relate to this idea of, um, of just, of memory, right? And, and people will not forget because as, as long as we continue to cook their foods and to talk about them, um, they will continue to be, you know, uh, alive. So, so thank you. It's incredible. So I, I thought that we would share. Um, I'm going to plate. I'm going to plate some over here. Thank you. So we have some that's already made by Pescantina. So I'm going to um, just serve three bowls. Um, oof. This looks so good. Um, and this is the, the hominy. It's this white corn. Um, that has the nixtamalized corn, which is this incredible uh, process that was um, that's native to Mesoamerica, um, and they just boil the corn kernels in in um, calcium hydroxide, and this brings out all of the nutrients in the corn. It's sort of this. Of course, it's, I want to say magic. It's not magic. It's science. But there's something very magical about this this natural um, mineral from the earth um, that gives corn all, which is also from the earth, all of the necessary nutrients. Um, so I have my three bowls here, and then it's typically garnished with um, onion and and. Cilantro, lime, uh, radish, and um, and cabbage. So I'm just going to pour a little bit. And as soon as these are ready, I'm going to introduce. I hope I'm doing this okay. And these are all of these ingredients here are post-conquest ingredients. It's sort of, at this point, it becomes very, very modern, very modern dish. So now I just, I just, um, I'm gonna add a little bit of, this is often served with tostadas. Um, I'm gonna put the radish, and, and then we can get a little bit of, of our, for Camilo. And before we start eating, I want to introduce Blanca Soto, who um, gave this recipe, uh, contributed this recipe. This recipe was made um, for her husband, Camilo, who was found almost um, five years ago, almost to the date, September 3rd, 19, uh, 2016, 2007, 2006, yeah, September 3rd. Um, so, and I want to ask her, a question, um, which I will translate. Um, so how do you hope the memory of Camilo will live on? But before, before I, I'll ask it again, so I want to introduce you, Blanca. Can you sit? So I wanted to ask again, sorry. Um, okay. How did he, the, I hope we did okay. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. So I'm um, just saying I hope that we did okay. So I'm going to ask her, how do, by, the, by this project, how does she hope that the memory of Camilo will live on? And I will translate. 
Hola, muy buenas noches a todos y cada uno de ustedes. Muchas gracias por estar aquí. Mi nombre es Blanca Soto y esta personita tan bella era la persona a la que yo le preparaba ese pozole. Nada más de estar eh, sentada ahí, el estar oliendo me hace recordar todas las cosas que él decía cada vez que él miraba que yo le estaba preparando su platillo. Es muy bonito para mí, les agradezco a todos ustedes que estén aquí presentes para ver la receta de Camilo y para saborear y para que eh, estar aquí es un orgullo para mí, es, son sentimientos encontrados porque muchas veces uno no tiene planeado, piensas todo lo que vas a decir, pero ya estando aquí se nos cambian se nos cambia la situación, ¿verdad?, porque siente como que es un poquito difícil para mí. First, she's saying that just thanking everybody very much to be here and just, um, just by the act of sitting here and smelling and seeing this, she, she, the memories of, of, of Camilo, you know, come back to life. Um, that she's so honored uh, to be here and how, you know, when she came up, she thinks she's going to say something and then everything just sort of changes. It's, it's all very, very, you know, emotional. Um, and I want, well, ¿quieres decir algo más? Oh, no. Y para mí es muy importante porque muchas veces nosotras ya no queremos preparar la receta porque nos da un poco de tristeza el saber que nuestro ser querido pues ya no está para, para degustar ese platillo. En lo particular mi esposo, si había pozole las tres horas en el día, que es el desayuno, la comida y la cena, él la podía comer sin decir nada porque le gustaba tanto y si otro día había pozole, se le comía, él comía pozole. Entonces, él era eh, su platillo favorito y nosotros al principio decíamos, ay, otra vez pozole, pero me decía él, prepáralo con mucho picante porque es comida para machos. So she, it, you know, it took her a while to, to, to make this, you know, dish again. It was his favorite dish, and sometimes he would eat it three times a day. Um, and Blanca's like, ah, oh, again, pozole. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. He loved pozole so much. But he liked it very, very spicy because it was food for machos. Um, so I want to ask you, tell us about the green, the, the significance of the green T-shirts. And so if you notice the... The, the two, um, promesa cumplida means, uh, promesa, promise um, cumplida, yes, promise accomplished. Yo porto la playera verde porque en este caso pues yo ya encontré a mi esposo el 28 de noviembre del 2016, él desaparece 3 de septiembre del 2017, se localiza y entonces yo ya, como ya encontré, porto la playera y mis compañeras que aún no encuentran, portan una playera de color blanca que dice te buscaré hasta encontrarte. Y pues yo no sé si decir afortunadamente o desafortunadamente, pero pues mi ser ya, ya está en lugar en la cual yo puedo llevarle una flor y llevarle unas veladoras y tenerle un, un lugar a donde nosotros podemos estar ahí con él. So So the, the, the women that wear the red, the, sorry, the green t-shirts um, means that it's the women that have found their husbands. Um, this is Camilo in the front. Um, and the women that have not found their husbands wear white t-shirts. Um, and in the t-shirt the says, instead of saying, you know, the, 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 the find has been accomplished, Um, they'd say, I will look for you, I will search for you always. Um, and so this is, this is, and this is Camilo um, in, in the, in the t-shirt. So everybody has the, the, the image of their lost loved one um, on the, on the t-shirt. Um, why green? Porque, porque, porque verde. Porque el verde es esperanza y nosotros teníamos eh, la esperanza de que nuestro ser querido iba a aparecer. Because uh, red, uh, green means hope, and they always had the hope that their loved one um, would be found. And so she found her loved one on September 3rd, after cuantos meses estuvo? Diez meses. Diez, after 10 months, uh, she found her, her husband. And here he is 
en, en honor a Camilo el Pozole. A ver, ¿qué tal? A ver, a ver si está. A ver, si, a ver qué tal está. A ver si sabe a... No lo tiene que trabajar. So it's, it's so much better that, that, that somebody else made it for you. She came from so far away, she didn't have to work. Bueno, es el que yo hice, pero aquí lo hicieron Ismael, que está ahí atrás, y todo el equipo de Pez Cantina. So, Pez Cantina, Ismael back there in, in the whole the team at Pescantina, you know, made this. So, um, so we will open it up for, for questions now. So, um, whoever would like to have... Okay, so if anyone in-house would like to ask a question, you can come up and line up here. Ariana will prep you, and then you'll come stand on the mark next to me. I'm going to start with one of the online questions that we received. Um, so, someone online asked, are most of those who have disappeared men? Is the cooking activism different if the disappeared is a woman? And there's another mic that you guys can use to answer questions. Lo pregunto en español. Hay una pregunta en línea, es que preguntan que si todos los desaparecidos son hombres y si hay mujeres y si son mujeres, si la comida es distinta. No nada más son hombres, también son mujeres y también hay niños. Entonces, para nosotros es un dolor muy grande el poder eh, no buscar no nada más a Camilo, a Juan, a Pedro, a Súmico, a Roberto, eh, a miles de desaparecidos. Nosotros buscamos a todos. Nosotros no buscamos culpables, en realidad solo buscamos eh, a nuestro ser desaparecido, esté como esté. Solo queremos eh, que regrese a nuestra casa. They don't, it's not just men, it's, it's children, um, it's, it's women, it's children, and they work collectively to look for everybody. Um, and they find, you know, pieces here and there, so, but they work together to find, you know, to find everybody. Thank you. We have another online question, and if you are in-house and want to ask a question, please go ahead and line up over here to my right. Um, are you aware of any other cookbooks in other countries that are doing a similar approach for others that have died or been killed during government interactions? Sí, saben si hay algún otro proyecto del tipo libro de cocina en otros países, este, un tema similar, este, de gente que ha desaparecido por culpa del gobierno. Sí ha habido. Sí ha habido otros proyectos en los cuales yo he participado. Eh, hay también documentales, pero yo siento que no, no son suficientes como para llevar a nuestros hogares todo el dolor que en él reflejamos nosotras como, como personas eh, dolidas, ¿verdad? Nosotros quisiéramos que no hubiera desaparecidos, pero desgraciadamente las cosas pues así suceden. Eh, Hay, otro hay otros proyectos y nosotros como rastreadoras estamos orgullosas y estamos agradecidas de eh, a Sara, le agradecemos porque ella eh, llevó este proyecto no nada más para eh, el pozole para Camilo, también está eh, cómo cocinar, no sé, un arroz, unos frijolitos, un, un pollo o algo en el cual nosotras como, como familia Eh, yo pienso que es lo más bonito que es cuando lo cocinamos en, en unión familiar. ¿Por qué? Porque te sientas a la mesa a disfrutarlo. Pero nosotros desafortunadamente pues ya no tenemos ese, ese privilegio de compartir este pozole. ¿Qué no daría yo? Porque Camilo probara este pozole que está tan rico. Pero pues desgraciadamente él ya no está para, para probar el pozole. Pero pues en este caso me toca probarlo a mí. <ríe> está muy rico. Muchísimas gracias. Um, she says that there are similar uh, projects, um, but that there, she has been part of some projects, but nothing has been as, as emotional and really captured the, the pain as a project like this one. Um, and that just, that, and, and the, the, by the recipe, you could learn how to make some beans or you could make, make some rice, um, that there's something just very you know, personal about it, and she would love more than anything to have 
Camilo, to share this um, pozole with Camilo because it's so good. Um, but so she, just nothing of the magnitude the, the, like this that captures the, 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 the pain and the, and the humanity that um, the rastreadoras feel. Okay, so we'll wrap up with um, one last question from our online audience. Um, uh, we were, I would like to ask, what did Camilo like to eat for breakfast? ¿Qué le gustaba desayunar a Camilo? Aparte del pozole. Yo me sentía bien a gusto porque a veces él mismo lo calentaba y él mismo se lo servía y ya no tenía que batallar yo para hacer más comida. Le gustaban mucho los huevos estrellados eh, con una salsita piquito de gallo y guisadita con unos frijolitos refritos y unas tortillitas y un café. Le gustaba mucho el café. She liked it when there was leftover pozole and she liked to eat that because she, he would reheat it himself. But she also liked well, uh, a fried egg with pico de gallo and some beans and some tortillas. Okay, that's it for question and answer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I just wanted to say um, thank you so much, um, and especially Sahara and Blanca for this incredible conversation. It's been such an honor to just to be here, to speak with you, and just to be here with all of you. Um, thank you to all of you for joining us tonight. Um, thank you to Zócalo, to La Cocina, California Humanities um, for presenting this conversation as part of Zócalo's 20th birthday programming. Happy birthday. Um, you'll be able to find a summary of this talk at zocalopublicsquare.org by tomorrow, plus interviews with me and Sahara. Please describe, subscribe to La Cocina and to Socalo's newsletter and social media for more programs like this one. Um, please join us outside for a reception catered by Pescantina um, and enjoy pozole, also flan and, and mole. Um, and thank you all again so much for, for being here. Thank you. Thank you.